Hello, and welcome to the Shipwreck Archive. Thank you. Would you happen to have the unclaimed SS Monte Carlo? Here we are. Enjoy! New Year's Day, 1937, brought a strange sight to the people of Coronado Island, California. Their southern beach was littered with the wreckage of everything that was illegal in Prohibition America. The wreckage of the SS Monte Carlo, battered by waves, had begun to spill her contents on the shore. The people who descended on the beach were able to quickly grab a hold of cases of liquor, dice, and gaming tables. The wood from the ship, fine wood that had been used to decorate the gaming rooms of the ship, was quickly stripped away to remodel local houses. The coins that had come loose from the gaming machines were quickly snatched from the sands. It was the middle of the Great Depression, and no one was going to turn their noses up at any money or materials. No one except the owners of the ship, that is. The SS Monte Carlo was not to be claimed no one being foolish enough to come forward and admit that they were the ones who callously flaunted the rules of prohibition while thumbing their noses at the local authorities who had been unable to do anything about it. Until the night of December 31st, the SS Monte Carlo had been safely three miles offshore in international waters. Everyone knew what sort of ship she was, everyone from politicians, to preachers on the pulpit had railed against the ship of sin. It had meant nothing so long as she just remained out of American waters. The SS Monte Carlo, with her showy gaming rooms and open bars, had been entirely transformed from her original beginnings. She had started her life as an experiment by the U.S. government. World War I had made steel hard to come by, and President Woodrow Wilson approved the building of 24 concrete ships to see if they would help ease the demand on resources. By the time the war was over, only 12 of them were built. The ones that had not been finished were sold to private businesses. Among them was the hull that was originally going to be named the Old North State. Instead, she was christened the McKittrick in 1921 by her new owners, the Associated Oil Company and was put to use as an oil tanker. She was to continue in this entirely unassuming role until 1932, when purchased from the oil company and converted for an entirely different use. She was also given a new name to better suit her new role. She was renamed the SS Monte Carlo, a name to announce to the world exactly what sort of ship she was, and invoke the feeling of a glamorous casino. Originally, the SS Monte Carlo was stationed in the waters off the shore of Long Beach, California, with the intention of taking advantage of the crowds that were drawn to the 1932 Los Angeles Olympic Games. She was part of a small fleet that had come to rest in the waters just out of the reach of the American government along the coast of California, and as largest of the fleet, she held a certain prestige. Not satisfied with the idea that the house always won, and leaving nothing to chance, her owners were said to have loaded the dice. With such winnings, the owners were able to afford the free water taxi service that they offered for their customers to bring them to and from the gaming ships. 
so close to Los Angeles that Monte Carlo was able to attract stars like Clark Gable, as well as the regular population of the city looking for a good time. The ship was moved in 1936 near Coronado, but the move did nothing to slow business. It was only when the ship was shut down for the season, in November, that the water taxi stopped filling the water with eager customers. Therefore, when the storm blew in on New Year's Eve, there were only two men on board the ship, both caretakers tasked with looking after the ship when it was not in active use. Two men were not able to do much with a ship that had been set up to mainly stay stationary, and they were certainly not able to save her when she broke free from her anchor with the force of the gale. With the ship clearly heading towards the shore and out of their control, the men fired off rockets in distress until a Coast Guard boat came to their rescue and they were able to escape. The names of the two men have not been recorded, and they seem to have disappeared once they reached the shore. They were certainly not going to help the authorities with their inquiries about who owned the ship or what was going to be done with it. Unmanned entirely now, the SS Monte Carlo ground into the shore with the waves breaking over her and breaking her upper structure up. The storm had also began to throw the evidence of her illicit nature all over the beach for everyone to see as they woke up the next morning. Even if the official owners of the ship and the goods strewn across the sand did not make themselves known, that is not to say that there was no speculation about who did own the ship, even if there was no proof. A man has recently come forward and admitted that his grandfather, a timber magnate and gambler, Ed V. Turner, was one of the original shareholders. Another seems to have been Marvin Schuweiler, a bootlegger who owned other gambling ships. She had changed hands, however, and many people believe that Cornero, a mobster who owned many of the other gambling ships along the coast, might have become the owner. Al Capone's name has also been floated as a possible part owner. Considering the wealth that had flowed through the largest of the gambling ships, it can be supposed that whoever owned the ship, their investment had been repaid already. Mob-owned or not, without an official salvage effort, the whole cleanup of the ship became a race between the locals and the city of Coronado. The city sent trucks down to haul gambling-connected items from the beach to the dump, but the lumber was in demand and of lower priority to be disposed of by the city. There was also still money on the ship. Before the ship had wrecked, the SS Monte Carlo had had gaps in her floorboards that had allowed coins to fall below, enriching the workers of the ship until the owners found out and installed linoleum. Now, there was no one to stop anyone from enriching themselves by scrounging around for the coins on the ship. And it was not just the money that had dropped below the boards. There were gaming machines still on the ship that are supposed might still have money in them, as well as money from the gaming tables that had not been collected before the ship had closed for the season. During Great Depression America, it was well worth the swim out to the wreck to collect whatever could be scrounged up. Indeed, the lure of the coins from the ship still brings out people with metal detectors to the beach of Coronado to this day. With time, the ship began to be covered by the sands of the beach, however. 
and as time passes, even such a thing as the largest illegal gaming ship on the California coast, washing to shore, slips from the memory of the general public. The SS Monte Carlo is harder to forget, however. During large storms, especially during El Nino systems, the SS Monte Carlo tends to emerge from under the sands to remind everyone of her existence. Some of the rusty rebar and sharp steel pieces have been removed in the name of public safety, but when she does emerge, it once more draws crowds to the beach of Coronado to see her wreckage. With her concrete frame generally covered from the elements, she is likely to haunt the shores of Coronado for a long time in the future. A reminder of a time when people danced on her decks and rolled dice, hoping to win it big while drinking cocktails, all three miles from shore and just beyond the reach of the law of the United States. The wreck still calls to people who hope to win it big, now dreaming of prohibition coins still lying beneath the sands, just waiting for someone to strike it big. For more information about the fascinating history of concrete ships and what became of them, please see concreteships.org. And for more information about the fascinating history of the gaming ships of California and the history of the SS Monte Carlo, please see our sources below. Thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting the Shipwreck Archives. See you soon.